Hello, I'm Jonathan Mast, and welcome to this edition of the Sedgwick Podcast. And I'm really excited about our guest and our topic uh, this week as we're talking about uh, celebrating Diversity Month. And my guest is Heather Lawley, Global Head of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, also Environmental, Social Governance, and Corporate Giving uh, for Sedgwick, a global head of all those. So a lot on your plate, but Heather, thanks for joining the show today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Well, this truly is uh, one of the more passionate things that I get to talk to people about uh, in the organization, and we are here together to celebrate Diversity Month, and I noticed that there has been an intersection across diversity, equity, and inclusion for many companies, including Sedgwick. Can you tell us what DEI means to you and how that presents itself here at Sedgwick? Sure. Jonathan, I'd be happy to. You are correct that the field of diversity, equity, inclusion, and I'll call it DEI, has gone through an evolution over the last several decades uh, that companies have been focused on this. And as someone who's been doing this sort of work for a while, it's been interesting to see the progression over the years. It's gone from compliance to being perceived as a warm and fuzzy thing that was not well understood to being a business-critical focus area that drives competitive advantage one that attracts and maintains employees, engages and keeps customers, and makes positive impacts on the community. With regard to diversity, we are all unique. Therefore, we're all diverse, bringing different dimensions to the table. This diversity includes some of the more traditional dimensions of diversity, such as gender, generation, ethnicity, learning abilities, as well as things like diversity of thought, skills, and experiences. And it's not just about having diverse employees. It's also about truly accepting and embracing differences and allowing employees to be their authentic selves. And it's important to create an environment that's inclusive for your diverse workforce. At Sedgwick, we say inclusion is making people feel welcome, valued, respected, and heard. And while this is simple to say, it's not easy to do. Driving a sort of connectedness looks different when employees are in the office together versus when they're remote or when they are hybrid. To make things even more complex, employees are divided across all three situations at once post-COVID. Inclusion takes intention. The next aspect is around equitable practices and ensuring that everyone gets what they need in terms of access to resources, opportunities, and advancement. This creates a level playing field and drives fairness for all. Embedding DEI practices into the organization systemically is critical. When all three of these things are done well, the D, the E, and the I, that's where the magic happens. Definitely all those are critical. And and when you talk about their, well, we know that there's some studies that show when DEI is done well, meaning they are diverse and there is an environment where everyone can participate and thrive, that teams are more successful and innovative as a result and they perform better. So how does DEI impact employee or colleague engagement? And what about overall performance in an organization? Well, there have been many studies on this. The last stat I heard was something like 250 studies over the last many years showing that DEI drives measurable people and business impacts. These studies have shown and proven out that DEI and doing it well improves innovation, 
productivity, profitability, employee engagement and retention, and many other positive impacts. This is how DEI plays this exciting role in balancing the benefits to people and the benefits to the business. And the business case for DEI is clear. And here's some stats to demonstrate the point. Related to company performance, a McKinsey study showed that companies in the top quartile for gender diversity on executive teams were 25% more likely to have above average profitability than companies in the fourth quartile for gender diversity. It also shows that more ethnically diverse organizations are 36% more likely to outperform their peers. Another aspect where there's a positive impact is with regard to winning talent. Research from Monster showed 86% of job seekers believe that a company's approach to DEI is an important factor when considering an employer. This is particularly true when it comes to Gen Z and millennial applicants who want to ensure that a company's values align with their own. It also is great for keeping talent. A Gartner study showed that when DEI was done well, there were 24% lower talent resignation rates among the study participants. In addition, a Deloitte study on inclusion showed that 39% of respondents reported they would leave an organization for a more inclusive one. And when it comes to increasing customer engagement, Gartner also identified a 39% increase in customer retention when DEI is done well. And the last one I'll just highlight is with regard to increasing innovation, as you mentioned, Jonathan. Diverse teams are typically more innovative because they bring different sorts of thinking to problem solving. In fact, Fast Company recently said that DEI is at the forefront of innovation. So these are just a couple of the examples and positive impacts that DEI can drive. Well, with all that said, Heather, we know that a lot of times DEI strategies can be complex. Can you talk a little bit about some of what you believe to be critical success factors for organizations to consider as they design and execute their DEI strategies uh, for their organizations? Absolutely. What's really interesting is that oftentimes people will ask me, what is the one thing I should do? But a su successful DEI strategy is well orchestrated across many different opportunities at once. In addition, I believe there are several critical foundational elements to drive a successful DEI strategy. Here are some. CEO support. It's important to have the buy-off and support of the DEI strategy at the highest level of the organization. Leaders need to be genuinely committed. It's not just about talking about DEI. They need to model it. They need to walk the walk and hold their own leaders accountable. Everyone is responsible for the success of DEI. With this said, that's just the beginning as far as the top of the organization. There are many additional stakeholders who need to be engaged and brought in on the journey early to help drive impact. Enabling business and HR strategies. Many organizations operate DEI as a standalone sort of function that delivers a program here, a training there, but successful DEI strategies are designed as strategic business enablers and help the company to achieve their overall objectives. DEI has to be clear on the business problems that we're trying to solve and exist to solve them. In addition, DEI should align with your company values. Many organizations, such as Sedgwick, are purpose-driven. We have our caring town philosophy at the center. DEI is a direct linkage and demonstration of our values and actions. 
Understand your organization and take a data-driven approach. Be sure to understand the current state of your organization in terms of diverse representation, hiring and promotion dynamics, getting feedback on what's worked and what hasn't, look at available inclusion metrics such as pulse surveys, pay parity data, among other things, to understand the root cause issues and opportunities. When you align this information with the business and people strategies as mentioned, it enables the creation of a very informed, intentional strategy. Integrating into people processes, I think this one is huge. This is really a way to ensure that DEI becomes part of a company's DNA. And one of the critical ways to drive DEI at a systemic level is to embed DEI principles into people practices such as talent acquisition, learning and development, performance and talent management, benefits, and HR operations as examples. I call it baked in versus bolted on. Enable people managers. So much of an employee's experience sits with their manager. Managers are critical to ensuring that DEI comes to life in an organization since they are the people interacting with the employee on an everyday basis, and they're the one driving people decisions. It's important to ensure that they understand and enact key DEI principles, such as managing unconscious biases, and giving them the tools and resources they need to effectively implement DEI. The last one I'll mention here is measure results. While DEI has enormous people benefits, and honestly, this is one of the areas I find most compelling about this sort of work, it is also a business endeavor. So identifying key metrics, capturing results and communicating them is important. Some things you evaluated to develop your strategy are likely the similar metrics you will continue to keep an eye on to measure progress. So really, in summary, treat DEI as you would any other business strategy. Well, it probably leads us to our next question, Heather, which is what do you think some of the biggest challenges are that organizations face uh, relative to their DEI strategies? There are several things to keep in mind. Here are a few. And you'll notice many of these are, are action-oriented. Um, and I think it's, it's really a way to make sure that DEI is coming to life in an organization. So the first thing that I, I keep in mind, or, or what I think um, are ch is a challenge to an organization, is the lack of understanding of the, I call it the so what, now what. Sometimes DEI can feel really theoretical or academic to people. So I always think about how to make things easy to understand, relevant to them, and actionable. The next is moving DEI progress through all levels of the organization. This is through the CEO and top leadership like we talked about. It's also with the people leaders and at the grassroots group level uh, and at every other level in the organization. And that's how progress gets made. It's also important to move DEI across the organization, whether that be cross-functionally, globally, or otherwise. It's the sort of strategy that needs to be operating in a truly enterprise way that requires a lot of stakeholder engagement, buy-off, support, and some strong advocates to drive progress forward. It also requires delivering results. The next is the need to be truly collaborative. In order to be truly enterprise-wide, collaboration is critical. So much about what is done in DEI is accomplished through partnerships with people. So the ability to influence is really important. And I found the best way to accomplish this is to utilize DEI as a way to help other people achieve their own goals. For example, a particular leader may have a challenge with retention. DEI can assist them with that. 
Another leader may support clients. DEI can help them to better service diverse clients and their diverse needs. The next one that I really think about, and I think is really important, and it goes to, to diversity at its core, is not taking another company's strategy and using it as your own. While there are certainly best practices and lessons learned to leverage, each company's DEI strategy is different depending upon where it is on its DEI journey. So the strategy and implementation are uniquely its own. Well, let's look at Sedgwick and, and talk about what is driving DEI throughout the organization uh, here within, within what we're trying to do, what ways are we approaching that? Sure. So, you know, the great news with Sedgwick is that we are a purpose-driven organization, and we have a long-standing commitment to DEI. We are continuing to build on those efforts and make sure that our colleagues embody the diversity that exists in the world and have a fair and inclusive work environment that enables them, as you said, to thrive. Here are some examples of our efforts. We've got really robust multi-year strategies, so this is just touching on a few, but it'll give you a flavor. Executive support. As mentioned, CEO support and partnership is critical. Our CEO, Mike Arbor, joined more than 2,200 business leaders in over 85 countries to sign the CEO Action for Diversity and Inclusion Pledge. This is a movement to advance diversity and inclusion in the workplace. Hiring practices. We partnered with a talent aggregator to share open positions across thousands of diverse job boards and groups globally to increase brand awareness and access talent. We also work with our talent acquisition partners to drive diverse talent sourcers that help us to increase access to qualified diverse talent. In addition, we are working closely with Sedgwick Colleague Resource Group, CRGs. They're similar to other companies' employee resource groups, probably the way that the most folks have heard them referenced, to identify new channels of diverse talent such as networks, associations, and events. We also incorporated DEI language on our career site within our recruitment process and materials, and we talk with candidates about how we bring DEI to life at Sedgwick. Another example is with professional development, and this, again, is embedding into our um, talent practices. So we have DEI learning courses that educate our leaders and employees on our commitment to DEI, how to manage unconscious biases, and focus on allyship in the workforce highlighting specific behaviors they can act upon to foster DEI. So going back to that, make it easy to understand, relevant, and actionable. We had great traction with these courses in the regions where we launched them. 98% of both people leaders and employees have completed these courses. This ensures the foundational knowledge needed to enact DEI every day in the workplace and to take action. Talent reviews and succession planning. While the process for talent reviews was being designed, DEI principles were integrated. For example, people leaders were encouraged to revisit the managing unconscious bias training, and our HR business partners worked closely with our people leaders. They were given tools on how to play an active role in ensuring that talent decisions are evaluated equitably. With regard to benefits, employees today expect a more well-rounded approach to their work life, particularly around things that have come up relative to the pandemic. Just the sheer amount of job-related stress and imbalance, those have become the norm. Employee expectations of workplace benefits go beyond standard healthcare coverage, retire 
retirement benefits and pay time off. And this is especially true for the younger generations. In fact, younger generations will begin to see well-rounded benefit packages, including mental health benefits, as a job differentiator. That's the approach we are driving here at Sedgwick. The last one I'll touch upon is driving connectedness and belonging. And give just a, a couple of examples. Colleague resource groups are global where possible, cross-functional colleague-led groups within Sedgwick. They serve as a resource for their members, foster DEI, drive positive people and business impacts for the organization and create connectedness and belonging. Another example of how we drive connectedness is that we have global observances that we celebrate together as an organization. While this sounds like a small thing, it's a way to recognize and celebrate people's uniqueness and thank our employees for what they contribute on an ongoing basis. A little bit earlier, Heather, you talked about uh, why inclusive leaders are good for business. Can you outline and give, give the listeners what are some traits needed to become a good inclusive leader in a business organization? What's interesting about inclusive leaders is that they often possess the commonly identified leadership skills, such as business acumen, executive presence, decisiveness, accountability, problem solving, and they also have additional characteristics that differentiate them and increase their impact. Depending upon the source, inclusive leadership is defined in several different ways, but some common characteristics that are cited are humility, which is to be modest and to take ownership for mistakes, as well as to seek feedback from others. I know a senior leader who makes it a point to staff her leadership team with very capable leaders who do not have big egos. This makes them very effective as well as approachable, which helps to drive connectedness within the organization. Understand the importance of relationship building. This, this goes back to what we were talking about with collaboration and influence, and so it really does play a key role with being able to do uh, DEI well in an organization. And understanding the importance of relationship building is really for someone to invest the time in relationships and understand that relationships are bi-directional. It's not just about asking for things from other people, but it's about understanding their needs as well and being able to provide value in helping them to achieve their own objectives. Courage, which is for a leader to stand up for what they believe is best for their people and the organization, to challenge the status quo when needed, and provide alternate points of view. And this sometimes means that a leader needs to be comfortable with, with standing alone sometimes to, to represent alternate perspectives that may not be as well-known throughout an organization. Empathy is truly seeking to understand others' experiences and viewpoints. This enables leaders to continue to learn about others as well as themselves, which helps to build relationships and inform decisions more effectively. And accountability. This is about holding yourself accountable, but it's also about entrusting your team members to drive their own critical thinking about situations and being accountable for their own work, all while you provide them the support they need as their leader, including things like providing context and coaching as well as additional resources to help them be successful. According to BetterUp, being an inclusive leader may seem easy, but in a recent survey that they identified, only 31% of employees view their leaders as inclusive. 
A possible reason for this is that becoming an inclusive leader requires a shift in mindset, which takes focused attention. And while becoming an inclusive leader does take effort, the benefits to it are significant. Harvard Business Review identified that leaders and their impact with what they say and do makes up to a 70% difference as to whether an individual reports feeling included. Well, that's been an amazing conversation. And, and before we go, one last question. How does change man- management support the success of DEI strategies at a company or organization, Heather? Well, I, I really consider DEI a change management effort. I, I think of it within that context, and that's the way that I look to develop and implement the strategies. So it's really not a one-and-done sort of strategy. It's an ongoing journey that takes years with change management at its core. It's about evolving behaviors and making those behaviors stick. And in this regard, I often think of things in terms of the change commitment curve, which is basically awareness, understanding, action, and advocacy. Awareness is knowing that something exists. Understanding is when people internalize something and it becomes meaningful to them personally in terms of what's in it for me, what are the benefits, et cetera. Action is when they're inspired to take action. And the hope is that you get advocates on the other side of things. They are key players in helping to drive DEI deeply into the organization. With the change management curve, it's about meeting people wherever they are and bringing them forward as possible. So what makes this even more complex is that everyone in an organization is at a different stage of the change journey all at the same time. So your strategy needs to account for that, to meet them where they are and move them forward. And in order to be able to do that, you have to pull on multiple levers at one time. And in addition to that, while all of that is happening with individuals, there's also the need to move the organization itself through the DEI journey and progress on the DEI maturity curve which is also at play. So things within change management that are particularly important while driving a strategy is identifying the need for a business case and being able to clearly articulate that business case and how it applies to that specific organization, to have an ongoing drumbeat of communication so that people are continuously reminded um, of how DEI plays a role in their work lives, training on key DEI concepts with clear calls to action, celebrating successes along the way, and measuring and sharing results. All of those things are going to be important. And ultimately, it's about creating an environment that values each and every person and gives them an opportunity to participate and thrive. Well, I I agree with that 100%, and this has been a great interview, a lot of great information, and I hope If we can leave our listeners with one thing as we celebrate Diversity Month, just uh, take what you've learned today, put one thing into action. Uh, I think you'd probably agree, Heather, you can't, you know, the the proverb, you can't eat the whole elephant at once, so we have to start small. and, And you may think that you're insignificant in your organization, but it takes one one act at a time, right, to to make change. So I I hope if you're listening uh, this month. And, and going beyond that to uh, to look at how you can implement some of these strategies. So as we close out, again, Heather, thank you. Um, is there any particular resource you would leave our listeners with, uh, 
places they can learn more about this if they wanted to dig in and do some reading before we say goodbye? I would say that there are several industry analysts who frequently do uh, analysis on the dynamics of the EI and the business impact. So those are organizations such as McKinsey, KPMG, Deloitte, among others. And, of course, there are business publications such as the Harvard Business Review, other business magazines have done articles on it. And then there are some that are more, um, I'll call them HR-focused sort of institutions like SHRM. Um, and so, you know, the really interesting thing with this work is that um, while it's been around for a while, it is continuously evolving. And so staying um, current and focused on some of the key issues. Um, and with that said, it's something that needs to be deeply rooted in the organization, both systemically uh, as well as, and you, you, you clarified it really nicely, Jonathan, is that small actions from every single person in the organization are what help to make the EI real. It's the combination of those things. So the ability to have an impact sits with every single person. All right. Well, again, Heather, thank you for being our guest today. This is Heather Lawley. And uh, to our listeners, again, go out, be part of uh, Diversity Month and beyond. And until next time, thanks for being with us. Thank you.